and we are actually at 514 Church. We're in a season right now of serving. We kind of celebrate four different seasons a year, all focused on pillars of what it means to live out the Christian life. And right now we're in a season of focusing on serving. And uh, today we're going to celebrate our partnerships. We're going to celebrate our serving ministry partners. And one of the things about them that's so special is that they kind of stepped back and looked at their faith and said, you know, I'm not going to like have just a season of serving. We do seasons because we try to focus on one thing for a minute and then get over to something else because it's very hard to do all the things that matter all the time. So we focus at different times on different things. But they've said, we're going to not just have a season of serving, we're gonna have a life of serving. Our partners are people that are doing things that we can't do because we're not there and reaching people that we can't reach because we're not there, but they are there. And they're doing stuff that's incredible. And all of it is service-oriented. All of it is the manifestation of who Jesus is to reach people and help people and make this world a more better uh, and beautiful place for, for the people around the world. So it's amazing. We're going to celebrate them today. And in the spirit of serving, we have just ended Serve Seabus, which is... A, a, uh, a church-wide effort to get all of us engaged in serving all around the city with our partners and with some other people that need um, help. And so this past week, we had roughly 263 people volunteer to serve all over the city in just three days. You guys should give yourself a round of applause for that. That's amazing. In three days, we had that type of engagement, people um, helping out with outreaches in parks, people doing Meals on Wheels, people just helping, uh, you know, the farmer's market set up tents, just, just being present, being engaged in people's lives. That's what we've been doing. And then at the end of today, we're going to celebrate kind of what has happened in the season that we're in by partying with all of our partners. All of our partners are actually here today. So maybe you didn't know this, this is a party. Welcome to the party. We are here, we are here to party today. So we are gonna, we're gonna, gonna kick this off and have a lot of fun and party with these guys. They're going to all share. You're gonna hear from our four major ministry partners whom we give to every single um, month who we support financially. So y'all do that when you give. And uh, they're gonna share from their heart. You're gonna hear from them and not just hear from us. They're gonna come up on this uh, stage with me and, and with some of our other uh, leadership team. And we're gonna talk to these partners. You're gonna hear from their mouths and hear what God is doing in their hearts. And you're gonna get to see why it's so important that we give to these ministries. And then afterwards, they're all gonna be outside um, in, around the tents so you can talk to them and you can get to know some of our partners. You can maybe figure out how to engage them more. And so without further ado, I wanna bring up the first partner that we're going to focus on today, and that is a friend of mine named Kenny Sipes. You're going to bring him up, and uh, here he is, this guy. Hey, man. So Kenny, Kenny and I have a very, uh, a, a history together. History. We have a history. Good work. And uh, so we worked together starting in 2007 at Jersey Baptist Church. And long story short, we said this, we were prepping for today, that um, one of us was a disgruntled employee who was frustrated with the other and thought that, that they should have more screen time, more air time, more up in front of the people preaching time. One of us was like that, and the other one was trying to settle the young buck down. 
Um, and so Kenny had to like endure me like bugging him. And he was the student director at Jersey. Ultimately, got to this place where we had a little scuffle. I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah, so um, eventually, I think the thing was is we kind of hated each other with love. Oh, I never hated you, but yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Whatever, man. I never mm. hated you. So eventually, they couldn't take the friction on staff where we were at. So the executive pastor and senior pastor and uh, somebody else, too, uh, made Joel and I sit in a room with them and talk nice about each other because they didn't think it was healthy the way we were. We had a mediator. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was. I'll never forget Kenny looking at me like, he goes like this. He goes, Joel, what do you want? <laughs> it's just like a question you ask I still can't answer. I don't know. It's just like, it was like you, you just like went right into my soul. There was obviously more going on. Anyway, so Kenny, we both kind of cut our teeth in the evangelical Christian church, which has so many great things that, that come with that. But one of the, the, the downsides of the evangelical Christian church, especially in the 90s, in the early 2000s, was there was this idea that social justice, the idea of doing something, and this is what it meant from that perspective in the churches we grew up in, it meant that you don't preach or articulate the, the specific gospel. You don't, you don't talk about the special revelation of Jesus. You just back up and do ministry without saying the actual proclamation of who Jesus is. And ultimately in the church that he and I both grew up in, that was kind of like, that's not real ministry. That's what it was thought of. Like, that's not real, that if you don't go and share the gospel, then it's not the gospel because you, you have to say something, you have to speak it. And so Kenny and I kind of grew up in that, and Kenny started, I watched him start to get a little bit frustrated because he felt as he went into the scriptures that part of the gospel, a major piece of it was that, that both of those things are involved and that justice actually improving people's lives, actually making the world right, had to happen in the church. And so that's what actually shot him out of the church to go and start a ministry, which he'll talk about, that had the capability to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus and to do the things that are right. Now, before, I, I'm a, you know, I, well, I was thinking this morning, one of the things I love about you is you understood 15 years ago that the word justice, we all associate justice when it says God to judge or to, to, to bring justice, to punish. And a lot of people in the Christian church think it's to punish, but actually in the, in the scriptures, the word justice and the word judge, it means to make right or righteousness. And so we believe that God as, as, as we're agents of God, that we're supposed to make the world right. And that one day God will come and judge the world. And the evangelical Christian church always looked at that like they're going to come and punish the world. But actually what God is saying is I'm going to come and make what's wrong right. And so we're supposed to start to do that now. And Kenny figured that out. And that's why he started the Roosevelt. And the Roosevelt, uh, I'm going to let you tell them exactly what it is and, and why we partner with you. Sure. Um, so some of you might think, well, what does the business have to do with the church? So we are actually a nonprofit social enterprise. So um, we are built to give. That's, that's the whole um, model. Um, for me, there was a disconnect. I think uh, it, I always challenge people to 
do international missions, do something that's out of the, the realm of just coming on Sundays. And for me, um, back in 2008, I went to a country called Lesotho, Africa. Um, actually, Katie, Joel's wife, was on that trip with me. And we spent about 14 days just doing um, interesting ministry. And I think the disconnect for me was, because um, I know we were there to share the gospel. But at the same time, the missionary did not share the gospel. The missionary actually taught on getting treated for AIDS because the witch doctors had taught the men in the villages that the way you got AIDS was to get tested by the Western people. So then the missionary had to come in and say, that's not true. That's why you're dying is you're not going to those things. And so I always saw this disconnect and, and I saw the physical needs of people and that kind of, uh, you know, Lori says that the man who went on that trip never returned and that kind of came back and it kind of... Uh, felt its way through everything I did in ministry. You were on staff at some of that stuff, and we did 22-mile walks for child soldiers, and we did 27 hours of standing for 27 million enslaved people, and then um, it came to a place in time where, uh, as you know, um, I wrestled so much that I literally walked into the pastor's office and resigned without this plan, yeah. right? Um, I just thought I was supposed to do something justice-oriented. I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't know. Um, I was 47 years old with four kids, not much retirement, and um, but there was just this itch in me that I was being disobedient the more I stayed on staff and then move into something. And then I stayed on, as you know, I resigned in November. I stayed on through May of 2013. Um, and then we kind of had to come up with a plan. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, you know, like you're leaving. And uh, we voted to do, worked with the board and we, we decided to do a nonprofit social justice coffee house that funded the initiatives of organizations who are fighting the injustices of hunger, unclean water, and human trafficking. And so that's what we did. We launched as a coffee shop downtown Columbus at 300 East Long Street, 2015. Um, and if you want to pop up those uh, slides, um, so this is our annual report um, from this past year. So this kind of gives you a picture of who we are. This last year, we gave $33,000 away, and we'll show you a little bit of what that looks like. Um, for social media, follow us because I've got a really good girl doing great stuff on there. But if you know this, we really tried to do something that was specific. So our giving is driven to do um, specific, um, not, try not to give to a general fund. Now, not, not that a general fund is bad, but we have just found a study of pretty much anybody under 40 wants to know, like, where's that go? What's that look like? And so this is our human trafficking issues last year. It kind of tells you how much money we've given and how many people were impacted by that giving with the organization. So that's everything from hygiene bags to a ministry that continues to work with women who are still working the streets um, to... Um, 8,000 bars of soap that is through a ministry that goes into hotel rooms at major sporting events and makes sure every hotel has a bar of soap with a trafficking hotline number on it for women who have been um, trafficked are in a position where maybe they could be rescued. And that's just a little bit of that. If you go to the next one, um, then the water and hunger are things where also, again, how much how many we impacted, and that's everything from boat rentals to rescue people in Ghana who are being trafficked in, in work slavery um, to um, mission meals here at Faith Mission in Central Ohio. And then that's led to the, the back here, uh, the last page, if you can click on that. So um, that has led in the first four years, we've given $111,000 away, um, and that has just been driven through people understanding our vision, us making quality coffee so that the vision's not compromised by the product. And um, and then this is kind of a, a picture of what we've done this past year, or what's coming up. We just launched our own roaster company last uh, September, so now we actually roast our own coffee. We're going to serve coffee from other roasters. Um, 
We license location Olin Changer River Brewing Company. So if you live up in the Lewis Center area, there's actually a Roosevelt Coffee House inside of that facility. And that brewery was actually launched by um, a few Christian friends of ours. And, um, and then we just opened our second location in Franklinton, um, just past Vets Memorial Coastside, a place called Gravity Project. So that's kind of like everything in a nutshell. Um, wow. Yeah. It's an amazing idea. So when you guys go buy coffee at, at the Roosevelt, which all of you need to make a trip, especially down to the new site, the new Gravity location, it's beautiful. Um, when you buy coffee, you give to these organizations. It's similar to, did Tom's inspire you at all? Kind of the buy one, give one? I think some of that model some of that and was trying happening. to correct it for so that there was, you know, that there was actual legs. I mean, Tom's is great, but again, um, you know me, I'm so transparent and like I, I want everybody to believe we're doing what we're doing. doing that, you know, that there's there's trails to all of this yeah. giving. So when you buy it, you're helping people and you're 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 drinking coffee. And when you give to five fourteen church, you're giving to these things as well. So what a great thing. I can't say enough about Kenny. Kenny is just one of, one of the greatest people I know. And you need to hear this. Kenny has, he's one of these guys that he really did go all in. He sacrificed a ton, uh, his, his personal life and what he's done in his family to just leverage everything he has to make this place go. I know it's been hard. And uh, I just want to say, dude, I'm proud of you. I remember it was so hard uh, when he did it. You, you, you know, there's a lot of fear. And you stepped out and did this thing. And here we are. And now you've got, what is it, almost three locations. And yeah, uh, there's another one coming. There is. Let's, uh, and a couple things I just wanted to say real quick is, like, um, I don't think there's any point in faith if you don't risk anything. And so I've lived in, I mean, I wasn't sleeping last night based upon the second location and where we're at and what we've got to do and what we've got to make, make things and make ends meet. Yeah. So um, I stripped, like if you want to take faith to a weird level, I stripped all the security for my family. We were fine. We had we're building a retirement. I was liked where I was at, was doing ministry. We were on a trajectory, and I just like ripped that out. With, with their support, I mean, they're not going to say it blindly went into it with me. Um, but at the same time, it, it has put us in an exercise of faith in spaces, and you're going to hear it from the other partners too, in a way that it's really hard to describe. But again, faith is not for something to sit in a chair and just gather some good feelings. It's actually to be you know, built in and calculated in a way that when you risk something, you have something to hold on to that you know has been faithful in everything that you've done. And yes, for New Albany, um, if you're familiar, 31 Gifts just bought the Bob Evans building uh, this past year, and they have a cafeteria, and now they will have a Roosevelt Coffee House in there, and they will be open to the public. So 8111 Smith Mills Road, yep. um, starting price September, August, September, you can literally drive into their front parking lot, walk in, and get a Roosevelt Coffee. So especially those of you who work off of that frontage road, um, we would appreciate you coming in and supporting what we're doing, but that'll be our third location. Guys, give it up for Kenny Sipes. It's amazing. Love you, man. Um, you don't have to go. You can stay right here. Um, I love you. Believe in you. It's, it's amazing what you're doing. Um, partners that are doing stuff that we could never do, reaching people that we're not reaching, that's what you're doing when you give to Kenny. He's an awesome guy. You need to get to know him. He also serves with our students. He's a small group leader. He just went to camp. I mean, he's just, he's an all-around, just all-American, amazing human. And uh, we love you. Thank you for being a part of this church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Um, we have, um, we have 
three other partners we want to introduce you to, and the next one is uh, Stowe Mission, who some of you have already served, and we know about Stowe, and Stowe has uh, been our partner from the very beginning, Rich Halcom, who was the director of the whole thing, and has recently stepped down and handed it over to Kelly, who you're going to meet here in a second, and uh, this is an amazing ministry down on the south side of Columbus. They do more than you could possibly fathom. When you go down there, your eyes will be opened. There is no prouder partnership than this one. This is Stowe Mission. Stowe is a place of refuge. It's a place where your needs mentally and physically can be met. Stowe is here to serve the community of people facing hardships, and those hardships can be for anything. It can be from homelessness, drug abuse, or just people that are down on their luck in this area. We have job opportunities, we have a dental clinic, we have an eye exam clinic, we have an ultrasound machine. Uh, which we use to help women see how far along their baby is in fetal development. We have a food kitchen. I mean, it's just amazing the amount of opportunities here. I walked through their facility and, and seeing the faces uh, of a lot of the people that were, were going there to either pick up food at the food pantry or, or going to the soup kitchen. And um, it is really nice to see the impact that they are having on a lot of people's lives uh, in and around Columbus. Um, we wanted to be able to go somewhere where we could see, um, actually see the difference and see the lives being changed. And um, I think that Stowe is a great place to do that. Being a place to give a hand up instead of a handout, this is the place where you would send your money. This is your place where you would come and volunteer. This is the place where you would spread the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, well, everybody, uh, please welcome Kelly Carlitz, who's the uh, executive director of Stowe Mission. Uh, as, as Joel kind of alluded to, Stowe is our longest serving partner. And so we, we've been with Stowe as a partner pretty much since the beginning of, of our serves ministry. Uh, so th there's a lot of history here. Uh, what they do on the south side of Columbus is really, really difficult to explain. Uh, she's going to do her best and she's going to do a better job than me. But it's really hard to explain because of all of the places and spaces that they go into in that community and all the ways that they serve needs. You know, Kelly, one thing in this church that we always try to focus on is we really believe in this idea um, of being light to the world. You know, 514 Church, Matthew 514, you are the light of the world. And um, when you go down to the south side and you go on Parsons Avenue, you know, Stowe Mission is a beacon of light and a beacon of hope in a community that is beautiful but uh, struggles with certain systemic issues of poverty and all of the things that come along with that. And they need somebody like Stowe. And what Stowe does is very difficult to do, but they do it so well and they have served so faithfully. And so, Kelly, if you just want to kind of give everybody both barrels, everything you have, what is Stowe doing down in, on the south side of Columbus? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us here today. And I have to give a shout out to Kenny because I have a similar story of how I came to Stowe. I've been at Stowe since July of last year. And interestingly enough, I spent about 20 years in corporate America, had a great life, comfortable life with my family but I felt like God was just telling me to do something different, to do something more to serve him. And so um, I left that job after 19 years, a job I loved. It was a great job. 
and took about two years and just did ministry, did some missions, um, travel, and some different things. And then God led me to Stowe, and I'm so thankful for that. It has just been such a blessing to me to be able to be there and serve. Um, but Stowe has been in the South End community since 1967. And amazingly, so many people don't know about it yet. So we're trying to get the word out about Stowe and the good work that's being done there. Um, but we've been serving for that many years, and our mission statement is giving gospel hope and restoration to people facing hardships. And we're in a community where people look at things day to day, hour by hour, instead of planning out weeks at a time or months at a time. And so I just want to say thank you to 514 for your support of Stowe. Um, we couldn't do what we do without you. And just to give you an example of what we did last year in 2018, we saw um, over a thousand people in our clinics. We have free medical clinics for mental health care, dental, vision, um, medical care in terms of just like general checkups and things. So over a thousand people were served there. And then we relaunched Stowe Church last May and we've seen 15 people baptized um, since that relaunch. And the church is just continuing to grow. Uh, we also have a tutoring program and some different outreach in the community. So our tutoring program, we um, have, I think, a few people from here that serve in our tutoring. And we had 852 hours spent tutoring and mentoring students on the South End community. And they have very unique needs. And uh, we have people coming down and ser serving each week to share with those kids. Um, we had... Um, 2,196 engagements, spiritual engagements. And what we call an engagement is, is someone that we've shared the hope of Jesus Christ with, that we've prayed with them, or we've invited them to Stowe Church. So almost 2,200 of those last year. So that was a huge blessing. And then lastly, we um, had 157,000 meals that were provided to the community through our food pantry and community kitchen. And so we're thankful to churches like 514 that come down and serve lunch to the community. When churches come in, they buy the food, prepare the food, serve the food, and minister to the community. We could not do even a fraction of that without the help of churches like yours. And so how do we do it? I mean, honestly, we do it through God's provision and for providing churches and community members that want to come and serve. We had over 27,000 volunteers hours last year. So to give you an example of what that looks like, we have eight full-time staff. That's an additional 13 full-time staff, which I love because they don't take vacation and no sick days, so that's perfect, um, but they really add to what we're doing there. And then our last year was our largest year of giving ever at over $2 million in cash and in-kind gifts, so it's just such a blessing to be a part of it. And then um, if you're not involved there already, some of the ways you can get involved if you want to come and serve with us, you can come with your church and serve lunch. You could come and um, serve in our Pregnancy Resource Center where we minister to young mothers in the community who, who literally are just looking to have their basic needs met. We do Bible studies with them. We share the hope of Jesus Christ with them. Um, we also have a, a need for professional services. Um, all of our dentists and optometrists, every doctor that comes in is all on a volunteer basis. So we always need more people to provide those services to the community. And then if you can't be on site at Stowe, but you still want to help, number one is pray for us. Pray for the community on the South End. Pray for the staff and volunteers that come in each day and serve. It is still a difficult neighborhood. There is crime, and uh, we pray for our safety regularly there. 
Um, you can also give financially, which you've been doing, and we thank you for that. And then uh, we also have some different programs. We have a hunger program where we bag up food. You gather it, we'll come pick it up, and that fills our food pantry. And then we have um, a hygiene program, again, where if you're in a hotel and you want to pick, pick up some extra um, samples of the travel size toiletries, we use those to share with the homeless community. They're knocking at our, our door every day asking for those things. And so, so you can help meet those needs. And then the next thing coming up for Stowe, we are doing our first ever fundraising event. So until this time, Stowe Mission has never received a grant and we've never received, um, so we've never received a grant and all of our funding, we've never done a fundraising event. All of our funding has come through churches and um, people that give out of the goodness of their heart. But we are doing a fundraising event just up the road on Harlem Road at Play Polo. It'll be on August 2nd, a Friday night. I would encourage you to bring your families out. We're going to have a lot of fun watching polo, playing games, learning about Stowe Mission, hearing some stories of life change. So it'll be a fun night. We invite you to come out for that. And then last thing I want to share is um, we do all this for a very specific reason. People have physical needs and people have spiritual needs, but we can't meet those spiritual needs if someone's hungry. If you're hungry, you just need to be fed. And so we meet those physical needs so that we can share the love and hope of Jesus Christ with people. And when we talk to people in our community, the number one need that they have is hope. And they're so lacking in that. So we thank you that we get to be there to share that hope of Jesus with them. One specific story, um, I'm going to call her Mary just to protect her name. But I, like I said, I started at Stowe last year. And at Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, I got a, we got a ring at the bell at the door. And most of the time when somebody rings the bell, they need something. They need a toiletry bag, food, um, to use the restroom or take a shower. But I opened the door this day, and Mary was standing at the door with a big smile on her face. And she said, I just wanted to come by and say thank you and wish you a happy Thanksgiving. It's like, wow, she's coming to, to serve and, and say thank you. And she, she said that um, so, Stowe was so special to her and had helped her through a lot of different things. And what I found out later is that she spent her entire life on the south end of Columbus. She spent years in prostitution, addicted to drugs. And a few years ago, Jesus Christ got a hold of her heart and changed her for eternity. And we're so thankful for that. And what Mary's now doing, she's coming back to Stowe. She's a regular member of our church. She's going through membership classes. She's being discipled. She's discipling others in the community and telling them about Jesus. And uh, we're just so thankful for those stories. Uh, we talk about stories of life change every week in our staff meeting. We start with prayer and then talk about those stories of life change because that's why we're there. And um, we're just so thankful for that. We're thankful for you and what you're doing to help us do that. That's great. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Um, there, there are plenty and plenty and plenty of opportunities to get involved at Stowe. Um, it, it, honestly, the only thing it comes down to is if you want to make that decision to get involved at Stowe. Kelly is a little bit more organized and, and is saying it in a way. Uh, if you ask Josh Shortridge, who runs the, the kind of day-to-day down there, and you say, how can we get people involved? He'll be like, well, what do they want to do? I mean, there's not like specific, like, I mean, there's just a plethora of things to do in that community to serve and to help. 
Uh, you guys do block parties. Uh, what is that? The fourth Tuesday of every. The last Tuesday of every month, we the have a block, a block party. Yeah. And so that's in the evening. So if you work during the day and want to come out and serve at night, you can do that. We also have an annual toy drive and an annual backpack drive. So we're actually raising supplies right now. We need backpacks and school supplies um, that we can serve the community with that. And then if you are interested in serving, I would recommend go online, fill out a volunteer form, and then come in. Um, come and see what we do so that you can fi find where you want to serve and where your skills can be best used. That's great. And they also they do recurring. Um, so like one church will serve every fifth Tuesday or every fourth Tuesday of the month or something like that. And there are some opportunities like that. So if you and your small group want to get involved, come find me, come talk to me, and we can figure out how to plug you in. Um, this ministry, you know, you got to be careful because you will go down and you'll fall in love with, with this community and with this ministry and what they do. Uh, it, will, it will affect you deeply. Uh, and so I want to encourage everybody to get involved if you can. Um, we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for Stowe and for what they're doing as a church and for our partnership and that we can continue to have um, as great of an impact as we can on what you guys are doing down there. Um, so let's bow our heads for a second. God, thank you so much for Stowe. Thank you for Kelly. Thank you for putting her in this position where she now gets to lead um, a mission where she's bringing gospel hope and Stowe Missions bring gospel hope to a community who deeply, deeply needs it. I pray that you give them strength, that, um, you know, all of the ways in which ministry can become wary, that you give them strength and allow them to persevere through that, uh, fight the good fight, run the race, and bring the gospel, bring help, bring hope to all of the people down there who need it. I pray for 514 Church and our involvement with Stowe, that the people of this church and this community uh, catch um, something in our hearts that make us want to be a part of what is going on down on Parsons Avenue and all of the amazing things that they're doing. I pray that we can be as effective as we possibly can in our ministry and in our partnership with Stowe. God, thank you uh, for what you've done and thank you for moving through Stowe the way that you have. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Guys, give it up one more time for, for Kelly and Stowe Mission. Um, you know, if you participated this week and served CBUS and you went around to all of these different ministries and all these places where we aren't uh, reaching people in ways that we can't, and then you see the ministries that we actually partner with, one of the things that you should start to see is that the way that God moves is bigger than you think. The effect that God is having on this world, the way that he's moving in this world, the way he's changing things, it's bigger than you think it is. It, it really is. He, he moves in ways that we don't understand. And when you start to see these other ministries, you start to see that, that, that God is affecting places that we don't even know about. You know, downtown Columbus, if we're out here in New Albany, we're not really familiar with what's going on down there. We have the Roosevelt down there. We have the south side of Columbus. We have Stowe. Uh, we're going to bring up someone who is doing a school in Haiti, you know, places that we've never been, college campuses. You know, you don't really go back to college campuses after you graduate. You don't really know what's going on there. And yet through these ministries, through these people that we get to partner with, God is moving and he's moving in a big, big way. Uh, one of the things that we always try to encourage our church to do is to notice things that make you worship God. Notice things that are happening in this world that make you wanna worship God. And this is one of them, the fact that these organizations exist, 
the fact that we get to have uh, something to do with them, that is a reason to worship God. And so what we want to do real quick before we bring up our next two partners is we want everybody to go ahead and stand up. Uh, and we're going to sing a song and we're going to worship the, the beautiful name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus.
was amazing. It was amazing, man. I am worked up from that two-song set. You guys just did something crazy along with Jesus. My goodness. Um, man, that is so cool. I was thinking about the lyrics of that song that uh, Jesus calls us by name. He's called so many people um, by name. And the most amazing thing is, you know, we get to hear from all of these, these different partners that we all uh, support. Whenever you give, you have to understand that uh, part of your giving it goes to supporting just these incredible organizations. But they are, you know, um, allowing these people to understand that Jesus has called them by name. And all their different, you know, countries we're going to get into and, and different places that we are not. Uh, they are letting people know that Jesus has this hope for them. And it's just, it's so beautiful to support that today. And I hope you're feeling that. Um, I get the absolute honor to introduce to you guys our, our next partner, uh, who is the founder of 117 International, Curtis Stout. Come on up here, please. Give him a warm, warm, warm welcome. Uh, Curtis doesn't happen to only be the founder of 117. He's also a husband and he's also a father. Uh, he happens to be my cousin, which is so cool. Hey, cuz. I claim her on days like today. So. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's funny. You can call him Curdy Boy if you want to. That's his nickname. You got any for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> So Curtis and I grew up together uh, very close. You know you might have cousins who feel like cousins, and then there's cousins who feel like siblings. And Curtis, I feel like we were that. We grew up very, very close. He feels uh, more like a brother to me. I think you lived with us at one point. Um, we're two years apart in school. We went to elementary and middle school and high school. And we graduated from IU. IU, anyone? Woo! The one person who cares about Indiana University is here today. Um, but we went to IU. We, it's just funny. You think about it. We, we did a lot of our lives together. Um, and so it's so cool that now we support 117 International. I want to share a little bit of just the backstory of Curtis. What's so cool in all of these partners is we get to see that God has been clearly moving in their lives, hasn't he? And uh, what was amazing for me is I got to watch this unfold your whole life. Um, and so I get to share a little bit of Curtis's story because I'm his cousin and that's what family does. So um, Curtis, it's funny, we're the same personality type, but um, I describe myself as the eight as a maverick and you as the bear because he was, uh, he's so tender and so sweet, but man, in him, he has this fire and he is going to fight and he is going to protect um, very specifically, this has been since you were little, uh, the, uh, the underdog, um, the one who's left out, the one on the fringe. And um, you'll see that, that that is your story. Um, and, you know, I got to see just moments in your life of good and of pain. Um, in sixth grade, your parents got divorced. In seventh grade, um, your uh, father, my uncle, passed away unexpectedly. And so um, I know that you had moments of, of pain and feeling like the underdog and feeling left behind. And it's so cool because um, God was using all of that then 
um, as a purpose, but even now you start to, you see the greater purpose. In 2010, you went to Haiti um, and went there to teach English, right? Right. And 12 days after that, I will never forget this as a family. Um, do you remember the, the earthquake that happened in 2010 in Haiti that just completely devastated the entire country? Uh, 300,000 plus were killed in that. And Curtis was there in Haiti when that happened. Um, I remember as a family, we were frantic because we could not get a hold of you. Um, I don't know if you ended up responding that day or a couple days later, but we couldn't get a hold of him. He was literally caught in the middle of, of this complete devastation. And fast forward, things kind of started to obviously unravel there as any country would, not only that it's, you know, a very underprivileged third world country. And so Curtis uh, has a hobby for soccer. So kind of started this like, I'm gonna say club or program, um, invited kids around to start getting into soccer. And then he started to help re-engage and enroll some kids into school and they asked him for his help. And um, so he went to schools trying to help these kids get enrolled because if you do not have education, like everywhere, but especially in Haiti, you will go absolutely nowhere. And what he found was um, that many of these kids were told that they were, you know, far too behind. Um, they, you know, couldn't make it up and basically were just turned down and no other option. And um, that started to wreck, wreck your heart. And so um, he went on to... Gosh, in 2011, is that right? You started what was Project 117, now 117 International. And two years later in 2013, they opened their doors for a school specifically for the left behind. Um, so many of these kids who didn't have a chance of education, they decided to start a school with really that at the heart of it. And so Curtis, man, you know, an underdog yourself went through pain God just started to work into your life in amazing ways. So now they have a school open. It's been open for six years, 177 students. Uh, they've added a grade a year. So now it's kindergarten through fourth. They're about to add fifth grade. Um, he employs and empowers Haitian people. It's absolutely incredible. So the staff there is, is Haitian. The principal is Haitian. And uh, they've bought land for their second school, second location, and now are um, branching out. You feel like God is calling you guys out to see, you know, where else. And so they're doing some work in Cambodia, as Cambodia is a place that is completely unreached by the gospel. They do not even know the name of Jesus. They are uh, left be behind at a, you know, at a level that's hard to fathom. And they are starting to move into those spaces. And so he's going to tell you way, way more. Um, I just told a lot, but I want to tell you that I'm, I'm uh, stupidly proud of you. Thanks, so, Lord. yep. Okay, Thanks, Curtis. Oh. All right. Um, I think I could almost just walk off the stage right now, that introduction. But uh, thanks so much, Carmen. Love you too. Um, so, 117 exists to provide hope through education to the left behind. Um, we are passionate about helping people discover their role in God's story. That's what our heart beats for. That's what we're all about as an organization. Uh, Frederick Beekner, a theologian and writer, he said, um, the place we're called to is the place where our deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. I think that 
is an important quote for all of us to latch on to this morning. Um, it's that place. Where, where are you the most happy? Uh, where are you, you the most filled with joy? Um, where is there a need in our community, in our world? That's the place that we're supposed to go. So that's, that's what we're all about doing. Um, and that's what we're all about helping um, our students, our staff, our donors, our volunteers do. Um, I'm so honored and privileged to be here with you this morning. Um, I have a, a few different stories that I'm going to jump right into. Uh, Carmen shared a lot of this stuff already, so um, we'll, we'll blaze the trail a little bit. But like she said, we're, we're in our sixth year of operation in Haiti. Um, we're serving 177 students. We just finished up. We employ 25 indigenous leaders. Um, they make school happen. Uh, that's so important in a, in a year like this when we couldn't go because of travel warnings and political issues that were um, at play. Um, it's so important to empower locals to do the work that God called them to do. Um, I have a, a quick story to share with you from the tail end of this year. I was meeting with our principal um, through Zoom uh, video conferencing and I asked him to tell me about the impact of our feeding program. Uh, my hidden agenda was, agenda was that I had to write a report to the partner that helps us fund this program. And, and I asked him and he said, well, the, the uniforms don't fit our kids anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a good problem, um, except for the part where we have to buy new uniforms. Um, and I said, tell me an individual story of how that's making a difference. And he said, um, well, you know Love Donna and her sister Sonice. Uh, you can pull their photo up. Um, Love Donna, it was her first year in the school this year. And when she came to school, her hair had a lot of red in it. And that's oftentimes a sign of malnutrition. And over the course of the year, we saw her, her hair change colors. We saw it become darker and healthier. It stopped breaking off. And I just thought, well, you know, what a cool, tangible, visible story of, of what we're doing to meet the physical needs of our students. Um, like Kelly was saying earlier, um, you have to meet people where they're at. You have to meet their physical needs before you can even talk about educating them or you know, sharing the name of Jesus with them. You have to go to where they're at. And, and I just love that that's what we're doing and we're trying to do more of it. So as Carmen was saying, we're, we're launching our second campus this fall in Haiti. We already enrolled 40 new students. We'll have two levels of kindergarten. We're hiring like crazy right now. We're trying to hire 15 new staff members to operate the new school and provide for the second level or the next level at the first campus. Um, on top of that, we're also pursuing new territory with work in Cambodia. Cambodia is a place that 2% um, of the country has heard the name of Jesus. 2% uh, of the country has been reached with the gospel. So technically, they're an unreached country, an unreached people group. And so we as an organization, we learned those stories of, of people not knowing the name of Jesus. And we said, let's, let's take action. We want to be a part of that. Our heart breaks for that. And so um, through a couple of vision trips, we decided to lock arms with a new partner. And this is actually the, the first time I'm saying this publicly. Um, we're locking arms with a new partner. Um, they're an English school um, and they're Big vision is to, to provide full-scale schooling to kids that are left behind in rural Cambodia. And so um, 
we're so excited to, to date this new partner for a year, to kick the tires on the relationship and see how it goes. And then hopefully after a year of um, working through some, some partnership steps, we'll be locking our arms with them for the long term. Um, our goal is to, it's to make the name of Jesus known to these, these kids in this community. Um, how cool will it be when, when these kids, through our Bible curriculum that we bring into the school, how cool will it be for them to go back to their families and, and talk about Jesus? Um, imagine the impact that, that this school community can have when students do that. Uh, they can become the light of the world, like this church is the light of the world uh, to this community. Um, so to kind of wrap things up, um, I want to share one more story with you. Uh, there's a girl at our school in Haiti. Her name is Jeeve Lund. Uh, Jeeve Lund comes from a really challenging family environment. Um, her story, uh, I resonate with it in a lot of ways because she's a fighter and she has um, a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. She has um, a little bit of a, a feistiness and a tenacity that, that I gravitate to. I, I love kids like that. Um, and so we've walked with her for almost... Uh, well, she's been a part of the school ever since the beginning, so six years. And this year, 514 was serving at our school on a camp trip. And John, he delivered the gospel message to these kids. It was the first time we'd ever done this at the school. And Jeeveland was one of 17 kids that said yes to Jesus that day. And then, yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> And then about a month later, our, our principal was in the room. He was just talking to this class and asking them questions about their faith. Um, he, he asked if any kids had any prayer requests. And so Jeevelyn, she stands up and she says, I have a prayer request. Um, can you pray that I leave the bad behind me? And I just thought, like, that is cool. This, you know, third grade kid is standing up and saying, you know, can I leave the bad behind me? Um, what you don't know about her is, is her family wrestles with voodoo and, and African animistic beliefs and practices. They worship idols, and, and her, her family is one of the, the strongholds for that in the community. So every day after school, she even goes back into that kind of environment, and she desperately wants to leave it behind. She doesn't want to move out of it. She wants to leave those practices behind. And so, like, what a cool thing that we get to be a part of. We're her school family. We're her Christian family. We get to be the church to her. And so um, I just want to thank you guys as a local church for being a part of that. When you give every single month, um, you invest in those kinds of stories of transformation. You help make that happen. Um, and, and I couldn't, you know, be more humbled to be on the receiving end of that. We are so thankful for you. So keep tithing, uh, keep going all in with 514. And then I've got three uh, very tangible opportunities to engage you further in our work. So number one, we, we ask that you pray. Um, consider praying intentionally for the launch of our, our, of our new operations, both in Cambodia and our second campus in Haiti. Uh, we covet your prayers and value that. Uh, pray for students like Jeeveland as they, um, as they fight against the, the spiritual battles and challenges that they face. Um, secondly, 
um, consider going on a trip uh, with us. We're firing up some trips to Haiti again as things have settled back down a little bit. And uh, Kaylee from the kids' ministry, she's going to be, a lead, be leading a 514 trip in February. So if you're interested in that, we've got a sign-up sheet um, out at our uh, table out, outside. So come visit us and get some info on that. And then finally, um, consider giving. Um, consider making an investment in our work. Um, don't, you know, take any money away from what you're doing with 514. That's, that's the last thing we want you to do. But do consider, if you have the margin, becoming a class sponsor. Uh, this year as we launch our second campus in Haiti, we need 40 new sponsors. Um, how cool would it be if after today we walked out of here and we had all of those sponsorship spots filled? I know that's a, that's a, a, a big vision, a big ask, but you guys could make it happen. Um, you, could, you could provide hope through education to these kids. Um, you could breathe life into a room full of students. So um, I'm going to pray for us and close out, but if you are interested in becoming a class sponsor, come visit the tent. You can do it within a couple minutes at the tent. Uh, Father God, I, I just thank you for being a God that cares, uh, being a God that, that meets us exactly where we're at. Uh, you use people um, no matter what their story is, God. Um, you invite us into your work, and it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of that. Uh, thank you for 514 and uh, just the amazing things you're doing through this church. Uh, thank you for um, just the leadership and the vision. Um, thank you for that new building that you're putting up and that you're going to just blow their expectations out of the water as more and more people in this community come to know you. Uh, God, we love you, and we're honored and privileged to be in a place like this where we can worship you and, and learn stories of hope. Uh, so we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Absolutely incredible. Let's give Curtis a round of applause. Yeah, thank you. We have one, uh, one final partner that we want to celebrate, we want to highlight uh, and show to you guys today. Uh, the organization is called Crew, and Crew goes onto college campuses and helps students uh, find Jesus, uh, learn who he is and how to have a relationship with him, and then they walk along these students in a very crucial time. It's a very beautiful organization and we partner with some of the leaders in the Columbus area. Uh, so here is Crew. Have you ever wondered, why me? Why did the gospel reach me when it did? Since Jesus walked the earth, the gospel message has been shared literally millions of times. And the reality for you and I is that as salvation came to us, it was also going to someone else. You and I both know Jesus because someone who knew him loved us enough to tell us about him. The question for Cruise Ministry is, are we making it available to every student? No matter who they are, where they're from, what their interests are, everywhere. I just remember being like, oh man, like there doesn't need to be a God, it's all explained. We never really talked about spirituality growing up, um, so I guess I considered myself to be like an atheist. It's heartbreaking to see the way that people view God. And the truth is that a lot of my friends who don't know Jesus, uh, I believe that they're hurting him. 
it's not enough for us to just feel or even for us to just pray. Jesus didn't sit in heaven and felt sad that we were separated from him. And he didn't sit in heaven and just pray for us, but he came and did something. Here in Central Ohio, God is at work as we see people one to himself, built up in their faith, and then sent out as Christ-centered laborers, who then go on to have influence in every corner of the world. You matter. You are part of the church of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has called us to live out our discipleship and to disciple others in the context of a worldwide movement. The gospel's for all of us, and no matter what our story is, where we come from, it relates to us, and um, all of our stories fit into it. God is not just where I think He is, you know? God is not just where I can see Him in my life. God is existing and working and doing beautiful things across the globe. My name is Johnny and I gave my life to Christ three years ago. My name is Emily and I accepted Christ a year and a half ago. I came to Christ seven months ago. I followed Jesus Christ five and a half weeks ago. Awesome, awesome. Who will hear the gospel because of you? That question, like, is very daunting. It is, and, and I, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Bryce, um, and I'm the student director here at 514, um, and I have the blessing and the privilege of getting to um, it, sh share with you guys my experience with crew, but also to introduce you to these two. Uh, this is Travis and Christy L. Um, yeah, make some noise. Um, they're amazing human beings, um, and, and our stories are kind of intertwined, and it's crazy through crew. So uh, before I worked here, um, I actually went to Otterbein University, um, go Cardinals. I don't, we don't have like a cool Woo! saying or anything. Chirp, chirp. I don't know. Um, and so uh, I went to college not believing in Jesus. And I was in a really dark place in my life and, and trying to find value in all these different things. And um, actually when I was in college, um, I got tricked into coming to church, this church. Um, I was not happy about it, but I gave my life to Christ uh, the first time I came. And uh, what happened was I went right back to my college campus and I had no idea what I just did. <laughs> I was like, okay, I said, I, I said this prayer. I said I want Jesus, but I don't really know what this thing is. I don't, like, what, how do I live out this faith, especially in college? College is one of the dark, darkest places in the U.S. today. And so I was like, I don't know what this really looks like. And it, it's kind of in that moment uh, where my story and crew's story start to intertwine a little bit. Um, I got pursued by some guys at our, uh, at our school at Otterbein um, to get involved with Crew. And, and Crew is an amazing organization that reaches college students um, with the gospel. And while I had already heard the gospel, I didn't really know what it meant for my life in terms of how I'm supposed to live. And it was because of some of these student leaders and some of the staff members that I really started to figure out what this Christian walk looks like, not just in college, but for the rest of my life. I got exposed to beautiful truths about how much I need community. And so I got plugged into small groups and I started to hear some amazing truths about uh, who God is and his character and how much he actually does love me and how that changes my life. And, and so crew radically changed my life. And so I still remember when uh, the L's kind of started coming back around campus and I was uh, an upperclassman 
And I got to sit down with Travis a, a couple times, and we got to do life together. And um, I remember we sat down, and he challenged me. He's like, hey, listen, me and Christy, we're about to go on this summer missions trip um, to Virginia Beach, and I want to ch challenge you to pray about coming with us. And I remember thinking, I was like, man, like, if I'm going to go somewhere on a missions trip, I don't want to go to Virginia Beach for 10 weeks. I want to go to London, or I want to go overseas, or I don't know, L.A., where some, like a college student wants to go, and they're like, well, we're going to Virginia Beach, so that's a good option. I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And I went, and man, through crew, that summer mission trip changed my life. And it was at this place that I made lifelong relationships. Um, I got plugged into an amazing community of college students, 65 college students from all around the U.S. I got poured into by 40-plus staff members. Um, I preached my first mini message. It was terrible. Um, I still remember looking at Christy, and I, I, I talked for like 10 seconds, and she's like, her, her and Lydia are like, come on. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to keep going. And so I was also traumatized for Jesus for the first time. And then um, after that, man, I, I, that was the place where I actually felt called into full-time ministry. And so I would not be here on this stage if it weren't for these two human beings. And so I'm so thankful to be able to be up here to do this with you, to have an interview with you guys. Um, I know you. I love you. They probably don't know you as well as I do. And so we've got another uh, seven, eight minutes to kind of um, share with everybody a little bit about who you guys are and what it is you guys actually do. And so can you guys please share with our church just a little bit about yourselves and what you guys actually do with Crew? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Bryce. Um, so uh, my name's Travis. This is Christy. Um, if you can throw up the pic, this is our family. Uh, the crazy little girl over there, her name is Kennedy. Bless you to those of you that uh, babysit her back in childcare. We hand her off screaming every week, and I am so thankful for you guys. Uh, the other little dude there uh, was just born seven weeks ago. His name is Baylor. So we're in that mode of sleeplessness right now, too. Um, but uh, yeah, my story really is that, um, is that when I got to college, I was already a Christian. I already knew I wanted to walk with Jesus. And God had put a burden on my heart to see people that didn't know the Lord come to know him, come to have that hope and, and, uh, and fulfillment in their life. And I had no idea what that meant. And so I got connected with a crew on campus. And really, they were the ones that helped me actually figure out what does it look like to invest my life. We call that discipleship. But what does it look like to invest my life in others, to have them turn around and invest their life in people too. And really, I, I, I believe in college ministry because I got to see some of my closest friends that go from a place where they didn't know Jesus to a place where they're walking with the Lord. Some of them are even serving in this church today. Because, well, Bryce included, but even other people, uh, others. Some of you sitting out there uh, because... God did something really awesome in your life. Yeah. My story is a little different. I came to school not wanting to pursue a relationship with the Lord um, because I grew up going to church all my life. Um, I liked it then, but I knew with college I wanted to explore. I wanted to do different things. Um, and I had a miserable start to my college career. Um, and a guy in one of my classes, winter semester that year, uh, just said, sounds like you're just not making great friends. Like, at least come check out crew to make better friends. Um, but I went and I loved it. Um, just totally different from what I experienced before. Um, got plugged into a Bible study with some freshman girls. And the way that they were talking about Jesus was just so different. It was as if they had a relationship with him, and um, I wanted that too. And so they were so great about pursuing me well, and um, I really feel like that's just where it clicked for me. Um, and then over the years, I got really involved just with, like, leadership and um, and also grew to understand that there are other campuses in central Ohio that um, don't have this, that don't have ministries like this that exist. Um, and so I, I 
learned that there are students that, yeah, weren't hearing the gospel. And it started to really, like, tug at my heart and um, decided that, yeah, I wanted to, I prayed through if I could be a solution to that problem. That's amazing. That's amazing. Seriously, what you guys do is so special. Uh, and so um, the school that gets thrown around a lot, especially around the church, is Otterbein. Trip, trip, go Cardinals. And so um, we understand, though, that you guys aren't just at Otterbein. You're a part of a team that really reaches a bunch of smaller colleges and universities in Central Ohio. So can you guys share a little bit about what ministry actually looks like on these college campuses? Yeah, so, I mean, our whole thing is that we want to meet students where they're at. We've said that a few times today, just meeting people where they're at. And so we are on these college campuses. We're at Otterbein specifically. Um, and we want to just make Jesus known there. Um, and so... We at Otterbein, um, we do, like Travis said, we do discipleship. We do different Bible studies. Um, I meet with the women. Travis meets with the men. Um, and it's just, it's so life-giving to be able to meet with them, just and hear their stories, hear their backgrounds, um, and walk through life with them. Yeah, and, and to give you a bigger picture, too, like, it's it's kind of the, the whole thing about, like, you can give someone a fish, feed them for a day. You can uh, you can teach them to fish and they and feed them for a lifetime. Well, really, we're kind of on that second part, but it's really about actually teaching people to teach people how to fish. So we, kind of, we want them to pass it on. It's about multiplying their life and making a difference in the lives of other people as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you hear about Otterbein. Uh, realistically, we have around 150 students engaging in small groups in our weekly meeting or outreaches almost every single week. So it's really incredible. A campus of 2,500, 3,000 people, is, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, but uh, one, one cool story just to share with you. Um, we've been praying that uh, we've got all these other schools that are around the area. We were like, Lord, we know that you're calling us to these. We don't know how to get there. We don't know exactly what to do. So we started praying about Denison University, just down the road here, not super far away, um, and had been like kind of starting to talk to people and seeing, is there an opportunity here? And all of a sudden, uh, crew.org, uh, not connected to uh, Christian specifically, some people down in our headquarters, got an email from a Denison student saying, hey, there's nothing on my campus. I really want something to go on. And so they sent that email to me. We connected with her. And uh, come to find out, there's actually been a handful of other students that have been trying to do this same type of thing. And it's been really awesome to get to see where they're at. They're ministering to their peers. They're, they're doing this thing. But the thing that they continue to tell us is, this is great what we're doing, but we have no idea what we're doing. And we have nobody investing in us. Will you help us? And so we've been able to start to come alongside of them and really help them figure out what does it look like for them to do ministry on their college campus? How do they communicate the gospel in a way that's not weird to their peers? And how can they continue to grow and be sent out in their faith? Um, and, and for us, too, like, Central Ohio is really important, but it's just too small of a target at the end of the day. So because of that, we also have international partnerships. We have one with a closed country in the Middle East where we send some of our students to. And then we also have one with the city of London. Uh, so this past spring break, I got to take 20 college students to the city of London, partnered with their team, and got to meet a lot of different students and just engage the students that are hanging out on campus, hear where they're at, try to uh, see if there's a way that we can help them, and maybe share the gospel with them if the opportunity presents itself too. It's been really fun to get that's to see insane. the Lord do that. Yeah. Why didn't I go to London? Gosh. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's like the impact that you guys are having, not just on a local scale, but a global scale is, is crazy. And so uh, we don't have too much time left, but I mean, you have several hundred people that give to this church, which inherently give to you. And so I kind of want you to use this moment, like what do you want them to know about the impact of what you guys are actually doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really, we, we, what we say a lot is that college is a time, more than any other, where there is a tremendous competition for your heart and your mind. 
And the reality is, if you do college well uh, and you're walking with the Lord, you're going to be set up for the rest of your life. You're going to have a big impact for God in college and after college. Because college is going to produce the next set of leaders. It's going to produce the next, set, the next uh, set of influencers. It's going to produce the next set of parents and all of that. Um, and even for, from central Ohio, I mean, it, Otterbein and Denison are kind of easy universities to look at and kind of go, okay, well, whatever. They're off to the side. Um, but, like, I was looking at a list of notable alumni. Some people that have come out of these, out of just those two schools, uh, the guy that plays the Riddler on Gotham, uh, one of the leads of Cats on Broadway, one of the guys who played a large role in Hamilton on Broadway, Steve Carell, Jennifer Gardner, an SNL cast member, the former CEO of Disney, founder of Travelocity.com. They just keep going on and on and on. And the people, I mean, these are maybe out of 6,000 students, maybe, on these campuses every year. And they go on to do tremendously influential things. And so we're so, I mean, it, it has been a blessing to get to invest in nurses and doctors, geneticists. One of the guys I even got to disciple this la the last two and a half years, actually, is going on now to the number three biochemistry program in the world. And so because he has walked well with Jesus and he has grown, he's going to be in a position where he's going to get to rub shoulders with some of the brightest minds that are in this country. Yeah, we get really excited. Yep, there we go. Uh, we get really excited too about just even like at home, like what that looks like. I think for us to be able to do this as a couple um, and now as a family, um, it's just really incredible to see how many lives can be changed by just talking to students about what gospel-centered marriages looks like, what gospel-centered families look like, um, and to know what that impact's like is just huge. That's amazing. That's amazing. Guys, real quick, um, we've heard from some other partners about how we can get more involved individually in their ministries and what they're doing. Um, and, and so how can we as a church and individually like get more involved with what you guys are actually doing on these college campuses? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, the thing that maybe differentiates us just a little bit is that when you give to crew, you're giving to crew. But you're actually giving to Christy and I. You, we are the ones that are supported because of your generous donations. We're able to go. We're able to sit across the table from these students at some of those critical moments of their life. And so really, one of the, like, the way that we, that we operate, the way that we live our life is totally dependent on concerned people and individuals and churches giving to the cause of seeing college students come to Christ. And so this summer, we're trusting the Lord to develop more ministry partners that give, that uh, join us prayerfully and financially. And so if you feel like the Lord has put it on your heart to maybe be a part of helping to reach college students, really, we, we, because we are members of 514 here and we're here all the time, we want to get to know you and we would love to extend an invitation to, to maybe talk about what are some of those ways, whether it is prayerfully, financially, or some way else that you might be able to connect with us and help us continue to minister to college students. High schooler, if you're like a junior, senior, or you're um, headed off to college this fall, um, or if you're a parent of a high schooler, we'd love to meet you too. Um, we'd love to like see if there's ways we can connect you to the university that you're looking at or that you're going to as well. That's amazing. As somebody who um, works with high schoolers, um, we do everything we can from the time they come in our doors to the time that they leave to help them know Jesus, and then to make him known past, and, and to make this faith an active lifestyle. And um, we actually have students who are going to Otterbein, and I'm going to try not to get emotional, but like I feel so comforted knowing that they're going to go to university where you guys are there reaching students. You guys don't, like when we give to them, they are live like we're giving to them like to live, <laughs> right? They need food for them and their kids <laughs> so that they can do life. Uh, but man, they have centered their lives around influencing college-age students, and some of those are our students. We have students right now that are at Otterbein who have come up through our ranks, who I know are in great hands. And so we believe in you guys. We love you guys. We support you as a church. And if you 
in, in the work that you are in, it can be really hard to see the full impact. Um, and so if you ever need reminded of the impact of what you are doing, the only reason I am on this stage today is because of these two human beings. Um, and so we love you. We thank you. Can we make some noise for Travis and Christiel? And so I'm gonna, we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them and for their ministry. And so come on in, guys. I don't, I don't want to be strangers. Um, God, thank you so much um, for Travis and Christy L. Thank you for the way that you've made them um, and the, this burden that you've given them to reach college-age students. God, we understand that colleges and college campuses are some of the darkest places in the U.S. today. There's just so many different ways of thinking and, and worldviews, God. And so we just pray that your gospel would be known on the college campuses of Central Ohio God, that you would bless them um, financially in what they are doing, but also bless them in their conversations and the way that they are uh, leading students to know you better or maybe even know you for the first time. God, we believe that there is good news that needs to be shared. There's a gospel that people need to know, and some of these college students have never heard it before. So thank you for people like Travis and Christy who get to share with these students that there is a living hope, and that is Jesus Christ. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. And you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free, hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me, and you have broken every chain.
Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for coming to one service and staying to party with the partners. I don't know about you, but I mean, I have the honor to be a part of this church and play a role every single day. And when I get to listen to our partners and hear what they do, it makes me so proud. I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. Can we give it up for all of our partners? I mean, we should be proud. We should be, we're so thankful. And, and, and don't let it stay there. Don't let it stay at just you're, you're glad, you're thankful. Turn it into doing something. Get involved. Every one of our partners is going to be out at the tents out, outside our front entrances. You can talk to them. You can engage more, ask questions. And then I have exciting news. We are adding another partner today, uh, uh, right now, called Vertical 196. It is in Newark, Ohio. It serves as a day center for the homeless to eat to uh, do laundry, to get showers, and to all other types of things that they need. There's a, a growing homeless population, and uh, it is amazing what Vertical 196 is doing there. We have partnered with them, so our church is going to be giving to them every single month. And right now, we are looking for 20 volunteers, 20-plus 20 volunteers, to go to Newark two times a week during the middle of the day and serve the homeless community that goes into those doors to feed them, to care for them, to build relationships, and to see what God does uh, through you and with them. But that is an amazing organization. You're going to hear more about them in the coming years. We love all of our partners. Now it's time to party. There's food out there. There's bounce houses. Hang out. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.